Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today, Pastor Edward Anderson continues his series titled Mammon Must Fall. This is a powerful message about our kingdom stewardship and God's faithfulness to us in all conditions. Listen in, take notes, and I know you'll be blessed by this message, and I'll talk to you at the end of the broadcast. God uh, is doing some unique things in the earth realm. I mean unique. But there's also a lot of challenges in the earth realm as well, too. I understand what Jesus meant when he said that uh, he came into the city, he cried over Jerusalem. He wept over the city. He saw the condition and just cried. Yesterday we had our outreach, so I understood that. Look at the condition of humanity, it just makes you want to cry because you want to help everybody you encounter. But there's an adversary who's trying to stop what you're trying to do as well, too. Even today, driving here to, to church, there's an encampment of homeless people. Homeless people. People with no shelter, no food, no clothing. Can you imagine that? I was homeless one day in my entire life, but it was by my own doing. Like my daughter going off to college, I had to go off to college, but yet we had to stand in line or spend the night all night for a room. So I slept on some concrete slab. I was like, this ain't for me, Lord. So I can only imagine what they're going through daily out there. No food. No shelter. It's summertime now, but yet, what about the wintertime when they come? No food. No shelter. But I thank God for our pastor's vision. Because that vision is to impact not only this city, but actually the world. You see, he commissioned me to go out into the world. and I, my, This year will be my year to go out into the part of the world that he's going to send me to. So I want to thank God for my wife and my daughter. They were my little assembly line. They were packing stuff up. I know the Golden Girls normally do it, but I want to try something a little different, just in case. So we took our supplies, and uh, my, my daughter went out with me as well, too, and Arnika, we had an impact. We saw somebody buying some uh, senior bread. I ain't gonna mention no names, but uh, <laughs> it was funny because in this one parking lot, there are mobile homes in this parking lot of homeless people. There's cars lined up in this parking lot full of homeless people, and unfortunately, I get to know these people. I want them to know them, but not that way. I don't want to see them still in that condition. So we're going to break that spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. I encountered this guy. He had the same name as me, and we just kind of connected. And he's like the leader in that community. And he was telling me a story about what happened to him recently because I haven't seen him in a while. He said, one night I was sleeping in my car, sleeping in my car, and I felt this heat. Somebody came by and torched his car while he in it. We have no idea what people are going through, saints. But we're called to help the indebted, the distressed, and discontented. That's why we're here. We come to learn, get direction by the Holy Spirit. The word comes forth. And then our job is to go out and impact the world for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to show you something. I hope the camera can zoom in on this. And most of y'all are going to say, what in the world that boy bringing a rock to church for? Can you see it? Like a normal rock, right? Okay. To you, it looks normal. But if you're close to me, there's something on the other side of that rock. I know I pastor got his glasses on. I'm coming to zoom in on him. Amen. Can you see that, pastor? I see. You see it? Yes, I do. Can you tell me what it is, pastor? It's gold. He said it's gold. It's gold them darn hills. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 12, and he said, and there is gold in the land, and it is good. Y'all probably saying, where did that boy get gold from? I want to tell you, but I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I'm torn between the two. But I'm going to tell you because you're going to see the spirit of mammon, how it operates. I've been going to this country for 14 years. It's one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. 
And when I got there, I'm just doing what God told me to do. Feed the people, teach the people, feed the people, and teach the people. So I was doing that for 14 years. Then God said, I want you to branch out and do something different. I said, but I'm not the leader of this whole thing. He said, just do it. I touch their heart. So then God said, I want you to build a new school. And the first thing we always think about, I ain't got no money. First thought I thought about. But God said, I will supply all your needs. So I went through and I went through the process of helping build this school. We tore down the Marshall School, put a new school up to the glory of God. And now that school is having hundreds of kids go through there. God showed me what to do. So I'm going through this country. I said, but God, why are they so poor? You know, if you ask God something, he'll tell you. He said, I'm going to show you. I'm not going to just tell you. I'm going to show you. So this director over this other school, he said, Edwin, I'm going to take you somewhere. He said, get up early in the morning. I'm going to take you somewhere. So we get in this truck, and we go way in the mountains, way in the mountains. And when we get there, these little kids run out and say, here, take, take, take. Here, take, take, take. I'm like, what? And they handed me these pieces of rock. I'm like, well, I'll be darned. What in the world? The poorest country have these rocks all around them. So now I've got to ask questions. Why are they the poorest country in the world and they got gold? How is that possible? The poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. But they got gold. Then he took me somewhere else. He said, Edward, this is going to be a shocker to you too. There was oil wells everywhere. Now I'm really mad. I'm spending my money to go to this poor country help them, and they got oil and gold. The spirit of mammon, though, is controlling that country. So we got to break that spirit of mammon. Because in this country, that same spirit rules and reigns too. We have enough resources that there shouldn't be not one homeless person. Not one. But yet mammon dictates who's going to be the haves and the have-nots. And if we ain't careful, mammon will try to take us along as well too. But today mammon must fall. If you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 16, verse 11. I'm going to try to go slow. Y'all know I talk fast. I speak three languages fluently, Ebonics, English, and tongues. I don't know which one coming out. So please bear with me. Luke chapter 16. We're going to begin reading in verse 11. Luke 16, verse 11. It reads simply this. If therefore you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Operative verse. No man, no one man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot, impossible to do it, serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon. Verse 11, he said, unrighteous mammon. What is unrighteous mammon? I'm going to give you a review of what unrighteous mammon is. It's money or material things that are not submitted to God or his purposes. Unrighteous mammon. Again, it's money or material things that are not submitted to God and his purposes. You know that money in your pocket, in your purse book? You think it's yours, right? No, I'm going to show you something real quick. You probably haven't seen this in a long time. All the dollars, all the dollars, all the dollars. The money itself, it says something on the back. It says, in God we trust. 
You can't even trust in the money. It got to trust in God. The money does. Money is supposed to be backed by gold. But I'm going to give you a news alert. In our votes in the United States, there ain't no gold backing our money. They just make it themselves. And that's why we in debt. You cannot serve God and mammon. So unrighteous mammon is simply, again, money or material things that are submitted to God or his purposes. Next thing is, is position or material resources that are used, that are used in the wrong way. Second definition is position or material resources that are used in the wrong way. So I believe that believers should leverage their money and their resources for kingdom expansion and kingdom purposes. I told you what happened to the Israelites once God began to bless them. They said, peace out, Jesus. God began to bless them, and they just turned from worshiping God to, re- to worshiping idols. And you're going to see later on what mammon really is. You cannot serve God and mammon. The system is trying to govern your time, your talents, and your treasure. The system. Who runs the system? Well, the Bible says that the God of this world, little g, not El Elyon, he runs this system and the economic programs in this system. And he'll give it to you, but all he wants you to do is one thing. Bow down and worship me. That's all he wants you to do. I know Pastor Derry, Pastor Tammy, my wife, a few of you guys went to college, all college grads, right? And most of y'all took tests, exams in college, right? We're going to give you a test today, amen? In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, right, by the renewing of your mind. Satan is trying to have you conform to his standards and his way of doing things. Ephesians 2.2 says, don't walk according to the course of this world. And one time we did walk according to this course of this world because I'm going to tell you, when I was trying to play football, here we go, give my football example, right? I only wanted to do it for one reason. Forget the adulation of the crowd. Forget all that. I want the money. You see them contracts today? Are you kidding me? I wanted the money. Money, money, money. Money. I wanted the money, y'all. But it was taking me off the course and the path God had laid out for me in advance. God says, Edward, do this at 13. Well, Lord, this doesn't pay. But over here, Lord, this does pay. And even though God knew that, son, if you try to do this, you will hurt yourself. I'm still with all my might and all my strength trying to do this. But God says, do this. And I didn't know it then, but mammon was dictating my lifestyle. It was telling me where to go, where to use my talents, and where to use my treasure. But God says, I don't want you to use your time, talents, and treasure for the kingdom of darkness in this system. I want you to use it for my glory. Amen? There's a test that women should take. At age 40 or 44, it's called a mammogram. Anybody hear about that mammogram? Okay. Then they said between 45 and 54, you should do it annually, every year. There's also a test that both men and women should do. It's called a BSE. It's called a breast self-examination. Yeah, brothers, we got to do it. Because cancer can hit a man and a woman in the breast. You know, I was proud of my breast at one time, but they done failed a little bit. I looked in the mirror past there and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> hey, gravity hits everybody, right? I see that gym, hit that arm, Brother Edgar. My chest was kind of nice, you know? You want to take off his shirt and show it? I'm like, this is not the beach. <laughs> I'm like, woo. So every year, you want to do a, a self examination just to make sure there's no lumps or anything growing, right? But today, I want you to do a self-examination, not on your breast, but what's behind your breast, which is your heart. 
Because God is always about examination of the heart. If your heart's not right, no part of your body going to function right. If your aorta and the arteries pumping to your heart, not, they're blocked, your heart going to have some malfunction. It's going to cause other things to be out of alignment in your life. That's the physical part. The spiritual part, you can have heart in the arteries as well, too. So we're going to find out how is your heart condition. Go to Luke chapter 12. And I want to put yourself in this Bible as I read this. If you had a ribbon, like I have one, you can go to Luke 18 as well. Because we're going to read both those passages of Scripture. Luke 12 and Luke 18. We're going to look at two unnamed characters, but we're not going to keep them unnamed. I want you to put your name there to see yourself in these passages. Luke 12, beginning in verse 15, are you there? Say amen. amen. And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground, I'm put my name there, of Edward, brought forth plentifully. And I thought within myself, What shall Edward do? Because Edward had no room. Where should I bestow Edward's fruits? So Edward said, I will put down my barns. I will build greater, and there I will bestow all Edward's fruits and Edward's goods. And Edward say, Soul, soul, thou hast much good laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And watch this, operative verse. Then God had to speak. Because we're trying to build our own nest egg, our own security blanket. We don't trust God. We trust mammon. See, early on in life, God had to cut me off from mammon. He had to change my occupation. I didn't like it. I was mad with God every day. I had a great job. But remember, the just should live by faith. I went from a great job to a job making. I told y'all last week, $6.50. And I was mad with God every day. I never did a manual job. I'm always in, in the office, Sister Tammy. Always, Pastor Tammy. But over here, I'm in the bin of an airplane loading luggages up. Talking about, oh, Jesus, singing chain songs, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but I'm mad. But God is always teaching us at every juncture in your life something about you. So God said, you don't really trust me. You trusted that job. But God always makes a promise when he has you walk in obedience. He said, whatever you think you got through that job, I'll give it to you over here. Now, over here, my eyes can't see. I don't see none of this because I'm looking at $6.50 per hour. What can you do with that? You can't buy a good granola bar for that amount of money. But I'm mad now. But God shall be, watch this. And every year God will bless me more than I've ever seen in my life. But God was teaching me a lesson. Don't trust mammon. Trust me. Trust me. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. This is the opposite verse right here, though. Then who things are those going to belong to? You worked all your life. Now, I'm not saying don't be frugal and don't invest because don't save. But I'm saying don't trust that stuff because it will fail at some point in life. You're working all your life trying to save up and save up and save up because you know what? Just in case. See, just in case, you're trusting in man more than trusting in God. Because if it's just in case happened, you ought to go to your father and say, Father, I need this. Mammon must fall. In Luke 18, we're going to see a, a different story. But it has almost the same meaning behind it. Luke 18. Beginning in verse 18. Are you there? Say amen. Because I said earlier, we should use our money and material resources for the kingdom of God. So that first example, he didn't think about using his resources for God. 
This second example, he's not thinking about using his position for the kingdom of God. You there? Verse 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, and that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. <laughs> what is that one thing you lack? Lord, I, 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 I come to church every Sunday, I worship you, I praise you. I sing in the choir, I usher for you. But what thing is that you lack? See, God knows what you lack. That means what are you willing not to give up? Woo! <laughs> can, I, can I do a sidebar again? I love sidebars. It's time for an offering. See, I, I got your attention right there. Look at that. Ain't no, ain't no bucket going to be passed. I already passed already. But when it's time to talk about money in the church, people pockets start drawing up. <laughs> the purse book starts zipping up for some reason. You know why? Because you think that's my money. That's my money. I work for that money. I put time in that job to get that money. It's mine. Quick, let me give you an example. Possession and ownership are not the same. Though this is my possession, I don't own it. God owns it all. And he proved it to me too. Now, I'm saying what he told me. He may never told you this. So I went to Haiti at least 20 plus times. I don't know. I forgot counting. But keep in mind, God owns it all. So I can't bake. I can't cook. So I can't do a bake sale to, to give cookies out for, to, for money, right? So you know what God told me? Since that's my money, go to that bank with your name on it, take it out, and go to Haiti. What? You know how we get? <laughs> Say it again, Lord. Go to the bank and get my money that's in your name and take that money and go to Haiti. Yes, Master. You think God won't tell you that? He tell you all the time, especially during offering time. That 10%, it don't belong to you because you think because it's in your possession, you're the owner. But possession and ownership are two different things. And I kept doing it over and over again. And I was like, Lord, I'm going broke. He said, son, you don't trust me. You don't trust me. Do you trust God? No, 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 seriously, do you really trust God? With everything, do you trust God? See, Abraham trusted God to a certain extent. But then when God said, offer up Isaac, that's when he really trusted God. Has God challenged you economically? Has God said, I want you to give more? I'm not taking up no offering. I promise you, I'm not taking up no offering. But see, the way God operates is a, a system that's different from Satan's system. Totally different. So when God tells you to do something, keep in mind, the word says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. In Haggai, he said, 2.8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. So none of it belongs to us. We're just stewards. We're stewards who supposed to use God's resources to expand his kingdom. Amen? Amen? Now, when I was growing up, I thank God for the church I went to. They, they, they were doing the best they could. But I had a bad understanding of material resources from teaching that was erroneous about wealth from God's perspective. They will take many of the scriptures 
out of context. Like, for example, when they say they're going to have to pour with you always, I'm thinking I always going to be poor. But now I know God ain't talking to me. And also because of this teaching called asceticism. Let me spell it for you just in case. A-S-C-E-T-I-C-I-S-M. Asceticism. So it's ascetic teaching. And that simply was, you renounce material possessions and you try to serve God that way. Because now you're humble. Wrong teaching. Because now what you're going to do is you have to rely upon the church to help you make it. Asceticism. Bad teaching. Today, man must fall. Let me show you in Scripture that God does not mind you having wealth. Can I prove it to you? Go to uh, Matthew twelve fifty seven. Matthew twelve fifty seven. If you're in Luke, turn left and keep going. Matthew. Matthew Matthew two. I'm sorry, twenty seven fifty seven. When you get there, say Amen. 2757. What did I say before? Something good there too. Read it when you get home. <laughs> Matthew 2757. There we go. 20, I told y'all I speak fast. Come on now. Mercy and grace to your brother. Matthew 2757. Are you there? Amen. Amen. I thank God for my pastor. He's merciful and gracious. Matthew 27, 57. And it says, When the evening was come, there came a poor man. What does it say? It say rich man? Oh, I'm sorry. It says, When the evening was come, a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, watch this now, who was also himself Jesus' disciple. He can't say that. Because a disciple of Christ, you got to be poor. It doesn't say, it says he was a rich man, but yet he still was a disciple of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why did God use him? Go to Luke. I'm sorry, I'm reading for you. Mark 15, real quick for time's sake. I'm, at, I'm in Mark now, 15. This same guy, we're going to write it down for later on. Mark 15, verse 43 through 46 says, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate. Now, you know what? I've noticed something about poor people. You have no access to important people. It's really tough to get in the presence of people when you don't have money. But keep in mind, Joseph wasn't poor. So he went before Pilate. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead and calling unto him the centurion. He asked him whether he was been uh, dead for a while. And when he knew of it, the centurion, he gave the body to who? Joseph. Watch this. And he, Joseph, bought fine linen. And he took him down and he wrapped him up in it. Now, look at the language there. Why didn't he just use any kind of bed sheet? He said fine linen. For a reason. Because this man, Joseph, wasn't a poor man. He was used to buying nice things. Nice things. I bet Pastor Dirk can relate to me. When we grew up, they had Converse and they had buckets. Right? Well, I couldn't afford the Converse, I had the buckets. There you go. I played basketball and we were on hardwood floors. I'm just dribbling, sliding, dribbling, sliding. Why? I had buckets, though. I couldn't afford a converse. There's a difference on, on material things, you guys. I'm telling you, there is. I, when, I, when, I, when I go to Dubai, I'm like, this is, uh, this is almost heaven. It ain't heaven, but it's close. I showed you guys last week that yacht. A hundred million dollars. They, they don't even sell the thing. It just sits by the dock all the time. All the time. It just sits there. 
has a hundred million dollars to have a boat sit there. Something, something missing. But again, mammon does not, uh, he doesn't mind certain people to have things. But today, mammon must fall. I said mammon got to fall. Go to Luke chapter 10, and I'm going to give you a picture of the church. Luke chapter 10. I got to speed it up. Lord, have mercy. Luke 10, Luke 10. Verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he willingly to justify himself said unto Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And it came, and by chance, and by chance, and by chance. How many times by chance God brings you by somebody who don't have resources? And by chance, and by chance. Don't think it's by chance. A certain priest that way, and when he saw him, <laughs> he passed by on the other side. Let me give you a picture of that. This brother's homeless, and he can pass the air from church. I'm trying to avoid what I see. How many of us avoid what we see? And likewise, a Levite, another preacher came by. When he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Now, what kind of compassion is that? He came by and saw Tracy bleeding from the head to the feet. And then he walked to the other side. Religious folks. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil of wine and wine, and set him on his beast and brought him to the inn, and he took care of him. And on the morrow he went and departed, and he took out two pence, or he took out some money, and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him. Whatever thou spendest more, then I come again, and I will do what? Repay him. So this man used his resources to take care of that person who was wounded, hurt, and depleted. But how are we doing, church? How are we doing? That was the first test. How'd you do on that first test? Y'all pass? Second test. Jesus said something that was very interesting to Peter. Peter, thou lovest me? And he came back a second time and said, Peter, thou lovest me? Then, of course, he came back a third time and said, Peter, thou lovest me? Now, I read that scripture. I was like, Lord, the man must love you. But then I had to read the first couple of chapters, verses there. Jesus had just risen from the dead. If you want to write this chapter down, go to uh, John 21, verses 15 through 17. Read it when you get home. Jesus just risen from the dead. His disciples now should be evangelizing. But Peter went back to his occupation to do what? Gain money. He left him and went back to a being a fisherman. And God, Jesus had to come by and say, Peter, thou lovest me? Peter, do you love me? So why are you going back to your old occupation of fishing then, if you love me? I called you to be fishing with men, but yet because now you don't see me anymore, you're going back to serving mammon. 
Serving mammon. Serving mammon. Have you gone back to serving mammon? Because things don't look like God said it's going to happen? Serving mammon. Mammon has to fall today, saints. It has to fall. Don't go back to doing things the way you used to. You have to make an allegiance to God. Matter of fact, Joshua said this day, today, you got to choose who you're going to serve. If you're going to serve God or you're going to serve the other gods on the other side, as your forefathers did. And those gods were mammon. And I'll show you that in a minute. Choose this day who you're going to serve. But Jesus said, Give him a test, Ed. I said, okay, I will, Lord, I will. I'm going to give him a good test. We said the heart, deceitfully wicked above all things. God tries the heart. Amen? In Matthew, he says something that it blows everybody away. Verse 21, 621, it says, for where your treasure is, y'all know how to finish, go ahead and finish it. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your treasure, your treasure, your treasure. Where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. When you get home tonight, don't do it now when you get home. Husband and wives get together. Pull your checkbook out. If you're a good manager, you got a ledger. Amen? Okay. This is the test. Go through your ledger because the Bible says where your treasure is, your heart going to be also. Go through your ledger and see what you spend on. See how much you get to God and see how much you get to mammon. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be also. So that's what God wants you to do. God wants you to have things. Don't get me wrong. Think about it. I showed you my gold piece. I showed you in Genesis that God put gold in the earth for one man only. God does not mind you having resources. But what he does not want is resources to have you. He doesn't want them governing you, dictating to you what you can and cannot do. That's why early on God had to break me saying, I couldn't take this job. Because I'm depending on those resources, but not God. So God wants to govern every aspect of your life. So we're going to look at again, what is mammon? What is mammon? We're going to look at mammon from three perspectives. The first perspective is economic. Economic. The second way we're going to look at mammon is from a historical perspective. And the third way we're going to look at mammon is from a spiritual perspective. First way is economically. Second way is historical. And third is spiritual. Mammon, system of operation which is totally different from God's economic system. Mammon from an economic system has two sides to it. I told you this last week. It has a moral side to it and has an immoral side to it. The moral side, you have to buy and sell to get a, a buying life, right? You buy and sell, you buy and sell, right? That is a moral side. Nothing wrong with that side. But Satan also says that if you want to get ahead in this life, you got to cheat and steal. You got to cheat and steal. You got to cheat and steal to get ahead in that system. And that system is totally different from God's system because God's system says in order for you to get ahead, you got to sow and you got to reap. You got to sow and you got to reap. You got to give and you got to receive. So that system is totally different from God's way of doing things. But God, Satan wants you to operate under his system. Satan knows if he controls the world markets, he controls the people. He is subtle about his approach and will use deception to get people to serve him. Now, in the book of Revelation 13, 16, write it down for later on. When that time happens, he will not be subtle about it. He's going to tell you either you're going to eat by doing it my way or you're not going to eat. And I'm going to read it to you. Write it down. Revelation 16... Revelations 15, verses 16 and 17. And he causes all, 
both small, great, rich, and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that have the mark. See, when that time comes, I'm gone. I'm in heaven. I, I believe the rapture is going to happen by then. <laughs> so right now, he's very subtle to get you to buy certain things and do certain things. It's very subtle the way he operates. So God's system is based on giving and receiving and sowing and reaping. And that's what God is trying to teach the church today. Give and receive. Sow and reap. Remember the economic crisis that happened in Egypt? It was a famine in the land and money failed. But keep in mind, don't worry because God always got an escape route. So what God did was in advance, he sent who? Joseph. He sent Joseph to Egypt to take care of in essence, God's people. So right now, don't worry about how the system is functioning right now because God has a system in place already to bring you out. How do I know that? Because in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, it says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. There's going to be a transfer of wealth to God's kingdom kids who have been practicing doing what's right in their tough times. Because the Bible says, he that's faithful in least is faithful. Why would God give you more and you have been faithful with it? My favorite passage in Job, Job 27, not Job, but Job. Watch this. I'm telling you, God, God is about to transfer some stuff to you. You may be having a tough time economically now, but don't worry. God's in control. He's on the throne. And let them continue to do what they want to do. Job chapter 27, verse 16. You got it? Though he heap up silver as the dust and prepare raiment as the clay, he may prepare it, but the just shall put it on, and the innocent shall divide the spoil. Woo! That means they're going to be working for you. Let them work, work, work. If you don't believe that, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Write it down. I'll tell you, I'm behind schedule, y'all. I'm behind schedule. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he giveth travail to gather and to heap up. Whew that he may give to him that is good before God. So don't get, don't get all bit out of shape because you think they're prospering in their way. And don't look at other Christians who seem to be prospering. Amen. I said seem to be prospering. Amen. Because, oh, whoo, because godliness, because someone's gaining, don't mean they're walking godly. And that's why he said, don't compare yourself amongst yourselves. When you do that, you are, you're not wise. Okay, I got to go back in time again like I did last week. See, sometimes Christians are deceived as well, too. I'm going to tell you how? Friends helping friends. How did friends helping friends get in the church? He walked through the door. And it sounded good because why? Mammon was going to give me a head. At the expense of my pastor, at the expense of my sister. See, the principle of friends helping friends came from the Asian community. They always help each other. But when they got to the church, you got your money, you bailed out. And now that person's stuck. I know you don't like that, but that's the truth. And that is what Satan is trying to do. He's trying to get you off track from God's plan and God's purpose. God has a wonderful plan for you guys, saints, but it's based upon following his principles outlined in the word. Now, from a historical perspective, Mammon was an idol. It was a false god. It was the Syrian god of riches, which influenced men to love and serve money. This idol originated at the Tower of Babel. That's why you may hear some pastors say, the Babylonian system. The third way mammon tries to rule us is spiritually. 
Mammon has a spiritual root. What does mammon want to do? It wants to tell you where to live, what occupation to take, and who to marry. Let me tell you all a secret. I'm exposing myself. In college, I was poor. I mean, poor, poor, broke, poor. I lived in a community of all Asians. I'm the only chocolate one there. Okay? So one day, and I'm down to my last dime. But keep in mind, mammon trying to make you serve him. They knock on my door. They said, with broken English, do you want to marry her? Do you want to marry her? Now, Mammon said, go for it, Edward, because I was broke. <laughs> See, Mammon will have you all, of course. Then later on in life, I got a divorce because I don't love her. So what will make me do that? Mammon. Mammon wants to tell you what occupation to take. You you growing up as a little teenage girl, I mean a little kid, and it's something about teaching that you love. You know you love, you want to be a teacher. All your life, all you thought about being a teacher. So you go to your parents and say, My dad, I want to be a teacher. Oh no, you don't, they don't pay nothing. <laughs> what made them say that? Mammon. So they go through all their life in an occupation they're not satisfied in. Get to the end of their career and feel totally depleted. Because why? They were pursuing mammon and not pursuing God's calling upon their life. See, the spirit of mammon will promise you a lot if you serve him. Remember when Satan came to Jesus? He said, all these things I'll give to you. If you just bow down and worship me, I'll give it all to you. All mammon wants you to do is serve him and worship him. All God wants you to do is serve him. And worship him. But you cannot serve God and mammon. Impossible to do. You can't do it. Now, God's system is a perfect system. I said it's about giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. All God's first requirement is give him 10%. That's all he asks for, first of all. Simply. I know some of y'all say, well, you know what? That's the Old Testament. I will give you history about it, but I won't because it takes too long. But by the way, before that was put into the law, he gave it to Abraham before the law. Think about that one. So God's purpose is to give the 10% to give to the body of Christ for the work of the ministry. Got it? Then he said, I'll do what? I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Won't be room enough to receive. I rebuke the devour for your sake. That sounded to me a protection policy. He said, I'll give you provision and protection. But some of y'all say, I've been tired, but I'm still not good in the head. Let me help you out. Anybody know in this world you need insurance to get it? You need health insurance? You need car insurance? Right? Well, the Bible says in, in Malachi that I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I will open the windows of heaven for you. That is a protection policy, saints. I'm going to protect you and provide for you. You say, it's not working for me. What are you saying, though? Because keep in mind, when you, let me ask you a question first. Let me ask you a question first. Let's say, for example, someone stole your car. What's the first thing you're going to do besides call a popo? You're going to do what? Well, that's what you got to do with God. You got to call God and tell him your policy. You got to say, Lord, your word says this, your word says that. You got to claim it, baby. You got to put a policy. You got to claim it. You got to file a claim, y'all. I file claims all the time. Lord, your word says this, your word says this. You say you, do, you rebuke the vow for my sake. Your word says this. I'm filing a claim. I'm filing a claim. Every day I file claims. This ain't found no claim. Lord, why me, Jesus? Oh, Jesus. Oh, sweet Jesus. Why they break into my house? Oh, Lord, gee, I work so hard for my stuff. That ain't found no complaint. That's complaining. You got to find a claim, y'all. You got to know what God's word says about his provisions. And once you do, you can file claims all day long. I file them all the time, Derry. 
Pastor, I'm, I'm always in line. I don't see none of y'all there. I'm always in line by myself. Lord, I said this. Your word says this. I'm finally claimed all the time. Why? I know what God's word said. He said, if you do this, I'll do this. Are you doing your part? Do your part, file some claims, baby. It's a possible claims. Now, why is God preparing to transfer the wealth to you? Why? Yesterday was a good example why. Because why? We're going to help the indebted, the distressed, and discontent. It's not for more of you to heap up more for yourself. Because one thing I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be two judgments. The great white throne, y'all bypassed that one already. Don't worry about that one. That's not for y'all. But over here, you're going to stand before God and give an account on how you handle your time, your treasure, and your talent. Only me. I want all this money for me, Lord. For me, Lord. You know what's strange about life? We call things that are that don't belong to us. My house. My car. My boat. My. Don't pay that mortgage one day. See what happens. We ought to be saying, come to the bank's house. Come to the bank's house. That bank owned that house. I thought that real easy. I had an apartment complex, Pastor Derry. I stopped paying that note. Guess what? They took my house. They took it. That don't belong to me. And guess what? I have never seen a hearse with a bank account following you. It stays behind. It don't belong to you. All you are is a steward. That's all we are, steward saints. Stand up. We're going to dismiss. I hope you guys are ready to receive from God. And I hope you are ready to give to God what belongs to him. If Satan has stolen something from you illegally, you can get it back. You can file a claim. For 30 months, and I counted these months, we had one income. Now, we're a two-income household. There's two of us in there, but we only had one income. And things got tight. <laughs> I mean tight. But God told me this. I will restore to you the years. I know what the word said. So I stood on that word, and baby, did he do it? He restored. 30 months that we lost, God restored it. Whatever you've lost, God's ready to restore it. But the first thing God wants to do is to restore you to him. If you're here today, you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You need to be restored back to the Father. It's the easiest transition known to man. People have complicated, but it's very easy. It's simply believing in your heart, Confess it with your mouth, and you can be saved just that simple. At that point, you're born again. If you're here today and you've never done that, please raise your hand. Our team is here to show you in the Word how easy that is, that transition. Or if you're here today and uh, don't know your purpose, you're just floundering like a fish out of water. Our team will show you in the Word how God will lead you. God has gave, given us something that was so special. We call it the paraclete, the comforter. But I found out he only just not the comforter, but he a teacher. Not just a teacher, but he's a guide. He'll guide you in the destiny God has for you. See, when I was growing up, I knew what I was supposed to be doing. At 13, I knew it. But even before then, I had G.I. Joe men. Remember G.I. Joe's? Y'all probably too young for that. G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe. I would line my G.I. Joe's up and I would preach to them. I would. I would preach about G.I. Joe's. It was getting me ready for the church folks. You know why? Because they didn't talk back to me. So y'all don't talk back to me. I was ready for it. My G.I. Joe's. But God was showing me, this is what you're going to do in life, son. 
And guess what? That's what I'm doing. And I ran. I tried to run from God. Can you, can you imagine running from God? Where can you go? He's everywhere. So he caught me. And when he caught me, he sat down. We had a little talk. And, of course, he won. He began to show me, this is why you need to do this. This is why I've done this for you. And I believe right now, God has opened some spiritual eyes to show you what he wants you to do as well, too. See, I'm too old for that. Nah, never too old. Sister Mary, who sits right there, she still goes out with us witnessing. You're never too old. When you get in God's center of his will, you do what God says, do. You'll see things from a whole different perspective. So I want you to learn from this message, mammon from a different perspective, from God's viewpoint. Look at the resources God gives you differently. And then always ask God, Lord, help me manage these funds. I'm telling you, more is coming in. More is coming in. I, I'm hearing it. More is coming in. More is coming in. Do you receive it? More is coming in. I believe you got some visions. You want to do some things in the earth realm before you leave here? More is coming in. And you say, I pray. Okay. Do me a favor then. If you pray so good, come to my house when my bills are due and pray my bills off. It don't work that way, right? Because God said, I got a system in place as well, buying and selling. God operates that way too, right? We have to follow the mandates God has outlined. If a man don't work, he don't what? He don't eat. That's the word. God has a system in place. Work God, I guarantee you. I don't guarantee a lot of things, but I guarantee God work will never fail. He's not a man that he can lie. If God said it, it's done. It's sealed. You got to believe it, saints. Father, we thank and praise you. If there's anyone here today who says, you know what? I believe that I'm supposed to be in this place where my gifts, talents, and skills be enhanced for the glory of God. You can come up as well, too. But, Father, in the meantime, I just thank you for your body. Woo! I believe that you're going to ordain them to do great things because they're going to understand, God, with clarity why you're putting resources in their hands at their disposal. New opportunities, God. Grant them supernatural ability, God. Give them favor. Give them grace. Give them creative ideas right now, Father. Woo. Open doors that no man can shut. And when they walk through, let them reflect the kingdom of God. Let them, God, be an example of what our churches call abundant. Woo. Let them experience the abundant life. I break lack, I break scarcity off their lives right now. Super, so your word can manifest, God. Let them see, God, debts canceled. Woo. And they'll know, God, you're in their midst. I thank you. I honor you. I praise you right now for what you are doing, Father God. All the glory, all the honor, all the praise belong to you. Matter of fact, God, I know they doubt you. Because what they do, they look at me as a vessel. Because I want you to show them, not next week, but this week. Show them, God, that you're able to open the door for them. Show them, Lord, that you are Jehovah Jireh, their provider. Let them come back with a testimony of how you met every need. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. I ask it and declare it done. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Today's message was titled, Mammon Must Fall, Part 2, by Pastor Edward Anderson. 
For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center or to get other messages uh, similar to this one, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. When you get to the site, you'll find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.